Do not let it be said that we didn't tell you so, ladies and gentle fans, for it was here both on the Six Rings postgame show as well as on the highly regarded Six Rings podcast where we told you that the Patriots would be able to score by putting Marcus Jones on offense. And then... That's all we had because they scored with Marcus Jones on offense and the rest, well... It is what it is, as the code. Oh, my. <laughs> That's Patriots coach Bill Belichick at the podium, speaking after the Patriots were just embarrassed, demoralized, outrun, outshone, outworked, outplayed. You pick the outward 24 to 10 in a game that, quite honestly, Andy, wasn't that close. I know it's a sports radio cliche, but it guess is. what? Pump the brakes on that. <laughs> Now, listen, be that as it may. Hey, it wasn't as ugly Look, as last January, was hey, it? the X's and O's were outdone by the pros and Joes. They, hey, they're out there collecting checks, they too. They are. They get paid, too. Josh Allen, pretty good player now. Pretty good player. No, that was... Um, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that, A, that which is, is sort of the end of the day now, uh, that was really disappointing. Um, and I think your season just ended. And I know I'm a drama queen like... You're six and six. You've lost two in a row. You, you gave away a game you probably could have stole last Thursday, which night you in needed Minnesota. as a sort of mattress topper, comfort right. layer to protect you against any possible losses uh, mm-hmm. or embarrassments like this one. On your way to trying to, as we've said before, carve a path to the postseason. What would a berth in the postseason? What would a trip to the playoffs even matter now? If this is the kind of effort oh, I you're going to it. put forth, especially. Well, yeah, because it gives us something I else would to talk about for it. two weeks. No, I think it's always better to make the playoffs. I don't go down the Ben Volan road of like, oh, you're just gonna get, if you're just going to suck in the playoffs, you might no. as well not even go. No, no, you should always go. The issue is you're not going to the playoffs because you can't cover an opposing wide receiver who's any good. Like, people uh, are fixated Steph, on quarterbacks. Diggs, by the way, Steph Diggs isn't just an opposing wide receiver who's kind of good. I'll say this not because it was like, ooh, lucky you, Fitz, you had access tonight. I'm standing on the field in the last couple of minutes before running out to introduce the band at halftime. And I was right there in the corner of the end zone where Josh Allen rolled out. No human, by the way, is supposed to be able to do what Josh Allen is able to do. He is freak. He's a unicorn. We overuse unicorn. He's a unicorn. I don't even say. I like. I there may still no. He's better than whatever a unicorn is. Like he's beyond anomalous. Doesn't exist. Okay, well, it's weird. He exists and he he kicks their ass. So that's why he's different. (laughs) And my gosh, like where where is the tag? Where is the brand or the stamp on Bill Belichick or the Patriots that says property of Josh Allen? Because he owns the New England Patriots. But again, ever since Bill said he wasn't an MVP candidate. Good job, Bill. Nice job. Letting you fire created this monster. Ass. Now you got to deal with it and you can't. Can't put it away. You but can't the, put it away. But the I'm bigger say, issue is the receivers. Andy, that, that freaking pass that Josh Allen threw on the run against his body. He threw it from the 48-yard line. Oh, yeah. It traveled 55 yards in the back right corner of the end zone. Diggs, who had gotten just enough separation to leap past, I believe it was Jonathan Jones. Jack Jones. Jack Jones. The one that didn't count you're talking about. Right. Uh, The one that didn't count. Yeah. And it landed exactly like a laser, a freaking laser. An algorithm could not have designed a better pass. But the problem is. They're not real. You don't necessarily have to face Josh Allen. Well, you do have to face him again at the end of the year. But every week you don't have to face Josh Allen. I recant what I (laughs) previously just said. You do have to play him one more time. But it's the, not going to matter. The if number they play one like receiver is the biggest issue to me. Like you clearly, we talked about this. Are they big? You know, padding their stats against bad offenses. What's going to like? You couldn't hang with Justin Jefferson. This whole they, idea. They, they stink. 
They kind of There's do. Caller Keith from two weeks ago who will be our spirit animal and a recurring character on this evening's Six Rings but postgame show. They, they lose this game in part because you can't cover Diggs, just like you lost last week in major part because you couldn't cover Jefferson. And the problem is D-Hop, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. Like, they're all, all great. All rece- oh, Wait, Tyree, Tyree Kill. Kill. Sorry, and Jalen Waddle. And, and, and then Steph Diggs, and then again. Diggs again. Like, I feel bad for Jonathan Jones. I don't believe he's a number one corner. He shouldn't be an outside corner. There was... Bill is not dumb. There was a reason that for the first seven years, Jonathan Jones was a slot corner. Mm-hmm. That's because he's a slot corner. Mm-hmm. And, and I had very real good, corners. And a very good one at that. I had Stephon Gilmore. I had J.C. Jackson. I had outside guys. Bill doesn't just bury people to you know for the sake of burying them in that position. And now you're asking him to just line up in front of Jefferson, in front of Diggs. That first touchdown to Diggs, the eight-yarder, he shook him by... Like a good three, four. Like he had pl- plenty of room like in the left co- corner of like the end zone. Like a college corner trying to cover an NFL corner or something like that. Like there was, it was a mismatch. And uh, people should be worked up as the lines start to light up here. At, uh, wow. We just got the Griswold family Christmas tree. I haven't <laughs> even given out the phone number yet. Yes, this is the Six Rings postgame show. Your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart with you till 2 a.m. Here at Disappointment Central, a.k.a. we just got our doors blown off incorporated. Well, AKA come on. The build. It was, that was not close. It was not that close. It was closer than 47-17. Uh, it felt like 47-17, the sequel. Because if a sequel delivers 60% of the returns and the emotional investment of a, the original, then it's actually a successful sequel. So to Buffalo fans, this feels like a validation and continuation of their dominance. And for Patriots fans, it feels like a hollow start to the holiday season. No, you know what it feels like? 617-779-7937 is the phone number to call up, vent, complain, you need therapy, piss and moan, get angry, yell, try to keep the curse words to a minimum until at least we're in Radio Safe Harbor after midnight. Producer Nick LaPan does a great job muting the majority of them, but we're only so good. I don't would never uh, push people away from Patriots content since, you know, that's our livelihood. kind of what Podcasts, we do. Podcasts, written things, audio on the the radio. You like holding TV. up an iPhone with a shaky yes. hand. Uh, thank you, McFarland. I had a shaky one the other day. I think I had too much coffee. I have told you a thousand Shut times. Shut up. I don't care. Put it on a tripod, you knucklehead. I don't have a tripod. I, I think I'm I, Frank I can, Gore. I can help you get one for... T- <laughs> That's my joke. I know. But, um, like, you could get a try. You can get one from Amazon for $10. Okay, well, you know, look at you promoting Amazon. Ooh, the game's on Amazon. Oh, I'm see, Fitzy. Well, I'm actually, a brand and, guy. You know, hey, Amazon, I love you. You're yeah, great. Amazon was nice enough to put me on the pregame show and then put me on the field. And They I remember, put you, you know, on the pregame show? They did. And just when I thought it couldn't get worse <laughs> than it already was. See, I wasn't going to say that tonight <laughs> just because I knew that would be your joke. Nick, would you please go around the corner and cash the ticket at 7-Eleven because I knew Andy would say that. I feel like there's a chance that some of your people are going to turn their back on the team. Like, it's the holidays, the Celtics are good, the Bruins are good. So you're saying the fraud squad is going to be like, screw Pack you guys, I'm going home, I'm see you in 2023. Yeah, I think this is the type of game in the type of season and the type of performance. It's not so much that they lost 24 to, to 10. It was embarrassingly bad at the end when Mac Jones is running around like a chicken with his head cut off, then throwing it to either a receiver who's already out of bounds so it could nearly be picked off, or it bounces off Bourne. Poor Trent Williams, or Trent Brown. Brown. I would have taken Trent, Trent I would have taken. I would have taken actor Treat Williams like, at left tackle tonight. Trent Brown is just absolutely useless. Like, you could see he had no gas left in the sick. tank. And he's sick. He's sick. Whatever illness was in the Buffalo locker room, it was separate from the one in the Patriots locker room, but there were a number of people that were sick. He was basically just like, you know when you're either overserved, tired, both, whatever, 
and you use your shoulders to throw your legs forward because the legs don't work. Yeah. Like, that's what poor Trent Brown was doing at the end of the game. He couldn't even warm up. He stayed in the locker room and didn't warm up before the game. That tells you how sick he was. So I give him credit for gutting it out because they're decimated. No win. No kajust. Like, they... The heck was wrong with kajust? He's got multiple injuries. It's like back oh and God. calf or something. I don't know. He's, there's a couple different injuries you listed. Couldn't, you couldn't play on when you at right tackle where he was actually reasonably good. Well, if you not had Connor McDermott there. Uh-huh. And how'd that work out for not you? Not great. Know? Not great. Not great, Bob. No. But Bill likes uh, on Wenu at guard. He has said that repeatedly. Good. He thinks he's a guard. Great. So. Stand. You know what? Die on that hill, Bill. Keep fighting that fight. Put the he's flag. He's got a lot of hills to die he's on. Gonna- <laughs> He's going to be a really dead man soon. I, honestly. There's I mean, a lot of hills he needs. And, and you know what we're going to hear? And, of course, we will take you live to Mac Jones's press conference when it happens. We'll take you live to Coach Bill Belichick's press conference when that happens. I'm sure that is going to be an absolute delight and a treat. Bring your own salt to the party. Maybe we'll be able to get in on another couple of press conferences live or perhaps tape delayed. He could swear tonight. There could be some slip-up tonight. We'll see if Kyrie Thompson, our beat writer, WEI.com, can bring you just a little bit of uh, audio from the locker room. And, of course, we'll get a call in from Christian Foyer driving home. You sure? Uh, yes, we will. He was good about it last week, even on Thanksgiving night. He He'll skipped, call in. He skipped the week before. Okay, well, we didn't need him. We had the, jet, we had the Jets. It was fine. We don't ever need No, actually, you ready? want to know the funny thing? The post-game show after the Jets game ended at 7.30, I got a text at 8.16, and it was like, Yo! Still need me? It's like, Christian, show's over. The post-game show ended 45 minutes ago. Dillweed. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of move that calls for a bad 1980s insult. Like, you dingus. Well, you, there's a lot of things you can't say on the radio, so I figure I if you say so something. So we have to like yeah. pull out like, like old lame insults. ones, yeah. Yeah, like dillweed. <laughs> dillweed, by the way. You know, but there's going to be a lot of sidebars and digressions tonight, folks, because A, we're punchy, B, we're overtired. Team sucks. And C, that game sucks. And we're all just completely in dismay uh, and disarray over tonight's effort. Um, let's go back to when it was uh, 7-3, okay? Okay. Now, the Patriots- Just after Marcus Jones ignited Gillette Stadium yet again. Couldn't even send He's you a text. He's the human lighthouse. He lights I'm it up. I'm in the other end zone on my way to try to get up to the press box to say a few hellos, make some notes, and then drive back this way. But no, I'm down in the end zone. I want to watch a few plays from that nice little perspective you get in the 200s there. And... All of a sudden, I see Marcus Jones catch, and he's running towards the end zone. And I pull out my phone to like try to do a quick reaction video and text you. And all of a sudden, someone comes over and picks me up by the waist and like, Fitchy, you called it. You called it. See, people are listening, kid. People. Oh, are lots listening. of people. Oh, and the immediate reaction all- on Twitter, like, oh yeah, everybody remembers. Yes, six rings big. A lot yeah. of people think Bill actually got the idea from our podcast. I wouldn't be surprised, and or perhaps Bill remembered that he scored a touchdown four different well, ways in say, college. He did play offense in college. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and so, like, it was raucous. The Patriots' defense toughened up in the area outside the red area. We'll call that maybe the pink area, uh, the red adjacent area, the 20 to 30. The pink area? That's okay. I told you it was going to be. Wow. Have you been drinking? Why are you so happy? You're a super fan. You have a Pat Patriot hat on, a Pat Patriot sweatshirt on, and the Pat Patriot team just lost for the first time. First time. They're three and three at home. Seven. They're ten, and they're oh. not good at home. They're not good on the. They're adequate. They are literally adequate at home. They're they not good. adequate at road. Period. End of paragraph. Send. That's it. Full stop. They, yes. They they stink. Like <laughs> what are you. they good at? Thank you, Keith. I, I've been asking this all year. I actually don't what know. Are now. they good? I at? don't know now because even the thing Ramondre that I Stevenson relied on fights to the finish. That's the, it. Yeah. Okay. The comfortable chair, your dependable pair of jeans, your favorite shoes. Uh, 
whatever brand of beverage, whether it's eggnog, Miller Lite, beer, whatever. You don't have to name check a brand. They're not paying oh. for it yet. Whatever that may be that Please you go do. to, your favorite sandwich at the diner, meatloaf sandwich, turkey club, whatever, I could chicken get Italian parm. in the oven. All right, I'm done with the analogies. The, whatever you, it, it is, you could like lean on and rely on. That would be Nick Folk, always good from within fifty. And tonight, he decides to instead of swinging a three iron, bring out his seven iron and take an easy chip at the at the green. Short kick, Nick. It. You know what? Big kick, Nick. He is no Little more. Little kick energy there. It's, it, <laughs> Let it not. Let it be known that we do not have little kick energy tonight. We've got. Big I have kick plenty energy. of energy. I have no focus. Now that I just chugged a twenty-four ounce coffee, uh, he is little kick Nick now because that's twice within three weeks, twice within three games, he has come up short from within fifty. What's now changed? one, uh, the holder, Michael Pilardi. The Pilardi party. I reserve the possibility over. that Pilardi could be a factor in this. I, I, it's weird that it's dramatic right after. He changes holders. And I know people are like, oh, he got the laces out. It's far more, like, intricate than that. These these kickers have holds for hash, wind condition, distance. Like, oh, it's towards the holder and forward a little bit or back a little bit. And so I, I'm hesitant to say Nick Folk is in a slump or Nick Folk has fallen off the map in recent mm-hmm. weeks. It's a little too coincidental that it's coincided mm-hmm. with Michael Pilardi. It's okay, but the at the co- same, but I can tell you coincided. the two times this has happened, I have had the good and or misfortune of being field level. Like I said, jeez, you like and to Nick, brag about? Oh, I'm no, but I can Stevens. see it. I'm on the field. Isn't it interesting? Like you can listen to other post game shows where people that aren't hosting the show or engaging in dialogue didn't have access to actually being right there. Could have hit Nick Folk with a baseball or a hot dog if they wanted to. I wouldn't throw either of them at the man. I respect him and appreciate him too much. Andy, he takes this weird thing. He, it, what he does is, that, like I said, like I think from within 50, one of the reasons why he's so incredibly accurate is because he does swing like a 7, 8, or 9 iron with his foot. Like He's not trying to blast it through. He just wants to hit it well enough, clear the uprights. Right. And I think tonight he, un, he didn't try. He didn't kick it hard enough. Literally, Obviously he didn't because it hit the bottom crossbar. Now, a couple weeks ago against the Jets, there was a ton of wind. There was wicked wind, a cross breeze. It was even colder a few weeks ago tonight. Mid-30s, not nearly as much wind in-game as there was pre-game and during the tailgates. And I think Folk just stepped up with a 7-iron thinking like he'd be able to mash it and punch it through the uprights. And instead, he's like, oh, how about that? I had no idea I'd be 10 feet in front of the green. I'm short. It's the bottom crossbar for the second time in three games. That's weird. That is yeah. very strange. And you're and blaming you really it on believe him. That- I am, and I hate that. I hate it's weird that I, I, I don't. You really think it's Pilati? I think the, the holds are a factor. I do. Wow. Like, I just, to me, that's so obvious. Like, he's been so good, so consistent yes. for such a long stretch. What's changed? Is he aiming and not pitching? You know what I mean? No. I'm going to blame the holder. I'm a Nick Folk apologist. And usually I am as well, but I'm telling you. I know. You, you turn your back on the team like the rest of the fans that were booing in the first you, half. There, I did not boo. boo. I was surprised. But, of course. Did you hear any, while you were on the squad? field watching the game, did yes. you hear any Zappy chants? No, actually. Any references to Zappy? Nope. Nothing? No. I got a a bunch of Zappy texts. I came up with a new plan. Forget Zappy. Hold on. We've got a long show. Yeah, but I can say it now. You want to just just give away the 12 o'clock goods and the 11 o'clock hour? Just empty it early. Sure. Empty it early. (laughs) 
Marcus Jones, just put him at quarterback, run Wildcat. Just let him get the ball in his hands. I'm advocating to get the ball in Marcus Jones' hands. I would watch that team. Jones and Stevenson, to me, are the only two guys with a little bit of mixed in of Judon and Uche maybe Mm -hmm. on defense. That's all I want to see. Remember when I think it was wide receiver? Is it Kendall Hinton? Was that the wide receiver that had to play a couple years ago? Thank you. Kendall Hinton had to play emergency wide uh, quarterback in 2020 for the Broncos because the entire quarterback room had COVID. Yeah. That was not a good watch, and it was against a pretty mediocre Saints team. Is this that, a good watch? Uh, no, but you know what I would watch is Marcus Jones, a quarterback. Me too. And then uh, maybe Jacoby Myers could throw a couple of deep balls on some option plays. Because ah, what's going if he wakes on? up from the hit he uh, took. Mac Jones, poor Mac Jones. It's not all Mac Jones' fault. It's not your fault, McCockle. It's not your fault. But at the same time, he's gonna. there's going to be so many Mac ain't it. I'm sure people are texting. People are probably at 37937 on the text line right now. It'll be a storyline tomorrow and all next week. But uh, Patriots do now have 11 days off before they go on Monday Night Football out to Arizona to play the Cardinals. That's so, Belichick's fault. Yeah. Yes. I know. And people are going to be like, I don't care. People are going to completely check out. It's not all Mac Jones's fault because, like you said, that line was decimated. That was almost an embarrassing offensive line tonight. Like, at times, the play yeah. from the offensive line tonight. You've got Ferentz out at left tackle. You've got... Uh, You've got Connor McDermott, who they just plucked off of the Jets practice squad a week and a half ago. He was a draft pick of the Patriots. I know, and they kept him around for a lot. Two weeks? Six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah, We didn't want him over half a decade ago, and now out of desperation we're plucking him off a previous opponent's practice squad because we're so desperate to tackle. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of positives. When we get to the thumbs up, thumbs down late in the show. Uh, One part of it's going to be real quick. The other one might take two breaks. Actually, the other one is equally as quick in my opinion. Because it's easy to say everything. <laughs> oh, I'm done. It's, it's easy to say <laughs> everything one person's else. name and then say, <laughs> I mean, there are some players who acquitted themselves reasonably well tonight. I didn't like the effort tonight. I'll be honest with you. I thought there was a lack of effort at times. Kirk Herbstreit. Why would that, and why would that be? Uh, resignation. You believe so? I think you can be resigned to the fact that we're not that good. Is it we're not that good or we're not as good as Buffalo? The rushing touchdown that the Bills scored late on third and goal was just too easy to me. You don't you shouldn't see touchdown unless you're confused mm-hmm. where they run like one of those fakes and then pitch it and like they get to the edge and you're like, mm-hmm. oh wow, we got caught up in they ran right up the middle and the only guy that even had a sniff of a chance was a diving Matt Judon coming off mm-hmm. the edge. Judon gave Matt Judon now Judon getting he did, gives effort. Two games in a row though, doesn't get home and get a sack. But this game at least you had Josh Uche taking advantage mm-hmm. of the backups at left tackle. Right. And, just, he, and he he got the strip. Judon he got the strip sack. Judon he had a couple sacks early. Judon picked it up. But, like, Judon's effort, I don't question. I think he's out of position at times, over mm-hmm. rushes. I just thought there was – and, you know, I don't even – That Willie McGinnis line, if I was able to play like yep, – if I was able yep. to play like Judon, I'd have 20 sacks. But it, I don't even necessarily blame some of the players that are getting exposed. They're in positions to get exposed. John Jones, to me, is a poster child. He's like the – Matt Patricia, I believe, is in a position to get exposed. He's mm-hmm. in a job he's not really capable of doing. I feel like we're workshopping a column here together. Go on. Kind of. Mm-hmm. John Jones is, Jones is in that same situation. Mm-hmm. He's in a position where I don't say, wow, you can't cover Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. He should be like, you know I'm Justin – you know, I'm uh, uh, converted slot Jones, corner. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, do you think who, who do you think I am? Do you think I'm Darrell Revis? Do you think I'm yeah. Stephon Gilmore? I, like, I'm not Patrick Sertain the second either. I, you know, do your job. Well, you're asking me to do somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. I did my job really well. You put me in the yep. slot. Then you changed my job on me. You're and on, I tried yeah, it. Yeah. And I was good. 
I'm like John Jones has been good on the outside against fine mi- against middle class wide receivers, but when you're going up against one of the ten best in the league, who's getting re- passes thrown to him by one of the three best quarterbacks in the league, who really is just not even human, like we said before. But there's a lot of those guys. Like, I, but there, but there are very few. There's Mahomes and Josh Allen, and then maybe one or two others. Oh no, I'm in talking about class. the receivers. The, like the yes. sad part is. More than half the league has those types of receivers, like number one legitimate go-to receivers. Would you say Steph Diggs is top five? Uh, yeah, I I would. Yeah, I mean for what he's done, he seems like he a want, dink. He but wanted he's good. out, yeah, and so was Adam Thielen, and he wanted away from Thielen so he could get a spotlight. They replace him with Jefferson. The trade works out beautifully for both Everybody. parties. Yep. See, this is what happens when you go after really good players and you spend equity on them, and guess what? You Put him behind, you put him on a team with a good quarterback, and he you the he becomes one of the boats that rises all tides. And there's times where Josh Allen, who's great in his own right, but just drops back, and you can almost see like he's oh he's going to Diggs on this play, just mm-hmm. like we learned over the well, years. Why wouldn't you? Brady's going to Edelman. Brady's going to Gronk. Gronk like yep. he sees a matchup, and he's like, I know my guy's better than yours, and that makes your job easier. And we've talked about this a lot. Like Mac is scrambling around with a, like I'll play somebody get open. Oh my God, who am I going to throw to? Where Josh Allen has the luxury who can scramble and can make off-platform crazy throws, just drops back and goes, oh, digs on Jones one-on-one. <laughs> Pitch and catch, first right. down. Whether it's 10 Touchdown. in the corner of the end like, zone, whether it's 40 to the yeah, other corner like, of the end zone, rolling out penalty withstanding. Uh, if it's, yeah, 7 here, 8 over there, 14 to the out. That's people a were luxury. Op- people were open all night. Oh, yeah. Guys were open The secondary is not that good. Because Jones is just the poster boy tonight because he was in the picture, in the frame, around Diggs a lot. Miles mm-hmm. Bryant? No. Uh, I'm sorry. Devin McCourty has lost maybe more than one step. He is not the safety valve, cover your butt, back end guy anymore. He just isn't. Now, early on, I thought Duggar was laying some lumber, had some nice mm-hmm. hits. I still think he's good, but the the he's not a coverage guy. No. That's the actually the weakness in it's his actually, game. It's actually it's it's the it's the hammer, it's the thunder to the lightning with right. Kyle Duggar. But the the back end just isn't it is what we thought it was. When you looked at it on paper, oh, you lost JC Jackson, who'd you replace him with? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah. Who'd you replace him with? And Jack Jones, uh, to a certain degree. A people have, yeah, he's a rookie, so he's going to be out of position and, and what in did some he get On the play you're talking about, he got double moved. Uh, like, and, he's going to be an right. aggressive rookie. He's going to get double moved. Great receivers and great quarterbacks are going to double move to death a young, aggressive rookie. It's part of the learning curve. It's part of the evolution. He's going to have to take those lumps this year to figure out how to defend those yes. in the future. And he's also going to have to remember, because he is very aggressive, and that is what leads him to sometimes jump roots, make big plays, pick off passes, or knock balls down, that sometimes it's not a good idea when said safety is about to pick off a ball to run into him and knock it out of his hands. Because that interception that could have had they could have had late in the first half would have been Granted, the outcome probably would have been the same in the yeah. end. It was a kind of a win, punt. nonetheless. But I, at the same time, like, I actually liked that throw from a Josh Allen perspective. That showed me a guy who doesn't really care about the stats. He knows people are saying, "Oh, he throws too many picks." Blah 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 blah. That was a I call that a Drew Bledsoe. Like he used to do that all the time. Like, I'm just gonna. It's a punt. It's third down. Mm-hmm. It's a punt. I'm gonna throw it deep. He doesn't care about his stats. He's like, I have a chance to make a play. If they catch it, it's the punt job, right? I throw mm-hmm. the ball forty yards downfield. It's same same. So I, I actually liked that play from him. Whether you are driving home from the game, stuck in traffic on Route 1 by the looks of the stands, people made their way out of Gillette Stadium tonight quite (laughs) earlier. Perhaps people have resigned to not even wanting to discuss this game. But if you're as frustrated as we are, if you've got a point you want to make, if you have something you want to vent about in the car, at home, from the aftergate, wherever you may be, 
We are here for you on the Six Rings postgame show, 617-779-7937. Just because we are men and fans of the people, let us make sure we welcome in our first call before we take a commercial break. Johnny is in Walpole. Remember that song growing up? Remember Johnny from Walpole? Nope. Me neither. Uh, Johnny from Walpole is on the line here on Six Rings postgame. What's up, Johnny? You know, the highlight of the game was I, I made, uh, before I went down to my friend's house, I made shrimp and sausage uh, fried rice. Oh. That came out great. Oh. That was the highlight of the game. I really pray to God that Bob Kraft pulls a Jerry Jones and just walks down tonight and says, all right, Bill, Patricia's got to go. That was, hor- that was just horrific. Compared to the, with the Jets game and tonight's game, just a horrible offensive game plan. Matt Patricia's got to go. And, and there's always, they, you know, one of my friends is saying, oh, it's too late in the season. Who cares? The season's done. Matt Patricia sucks. This is embarrassing. This was a horrible game. Uh, I don't, it's not going to happen. But the thing you I want to share that fried rice recipe, Johnny. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to taste the highlight of the night. But I did actually think to myself with Robert Kraft sitting in the box with the head of Amazon on one side and Jay Z on the other side. Uh, and Richard Seymour there to boot. Like you've got legacy, you've got history, and you've got celebrity. A crap product on the field. Ugh. He must, that must have been a kick to the cojones. Oh, and then by the way, looking down and seeing, did everybody go to the concessions at the same time? What, what are all these empty seats? Like, mm. This is, good. this is a loss that I feel like is going to leave a mark in the craft offices, craft box, you know, sitting with those, yep. kind of being embarrassed with the performance you're putting up. But, like, this one could leave them. I'll be interested to see if we get any whispers out of, you know, the owner was not happy. Because he sees it. He sees Mac Jones scrambling like a chicken and then throwing his hands up in the air. He sees the face that Matt Patricia's making on the Eye sideline. Roll, like, a shrug. Yes. What am I going to do with this kid? Like Matt, a lost Mac, cause. Mac Jones is thinking, like, what am I going to do with this guy? Johnny, it was frustrating in every way, shape, or form. I'm glad you had a tasty pregame. Sorry that the meal, sorry that the meal was spoiled by the game, buddy. But thanks for calling in. Uh, you that know, Patricia sucks. <laughs> you know that that's the thing. That's the thing, Andy. Like I was building this up. I certainly thought the Patriots could keep pace, or they would put forth more than just uh, some gamesmanship, more than just a game effort. That they would be up to the challenge. That they would rise to the occasion of having a chance to compete in their division, show that you are almost, if not up to, and on par with Buffalo tonight. On a national stage, the, the production, my God, what Amazon just throws at this with the billions and billions of Bezos. Like, this is a, Andy, it felt like a, it felt borderline Vegas-like down there tonight. Like, it is a big deal. All these trucks, brand new cameras, 50 cameras, spotters handing out Thursday Night Football merchandise everywhere. Like, they're branding, they're celebrating they're illuminating. It is a big freaking deal. And yep. the Patriots, I thought, would also rise to the occasion of nope. playing Buffalo, trying to get back into the playoff race, maybe just putting one toe in the water of being having a shot at the AFC East. No, instead, they cement their place in the bottom of the AFC East. Now they are a 500 team, trending towards possibly being a losing team if they can't beat Arizona in a week and a half. And now, like you said earlier, potentially running the risk of, of losing some of the casuals, if not the diehards, or who you call the fraud squad, a lot of the diehards who might say, this team ain't it, and I don't feel like putting it in on them anymore. They, they, they stink. I mean, it's very I simple. I disagree. We, it's a cliche. We talked earlier about talk radio cliches, contenders and pretenders. Isn't it clear for two years the Patriots have been pretenders? Absolute pretenders. I, I mean, you can, 
sigh, and I'm sorry to bring truth nope. and objectivity, okay. no. but isn't it a fact? Like, I don't even feel like it's an opinion anymore. No, it's not. They are like, you're absolutely hearing, pretenders. You're hearing somebody who does Ooh, work Sam in the Ellinger, media. Sam Ellinger, we're going to kick his butt. Oh, yay. Oh, wow. is that Josh oh. Allen coming? We beat, oh, we beat. We shut out Zach Wilson? Right. I mean, like, his own team hates him so much that they benched him. Right. I don't know. I'm sure if we could beat Mike White at this point. I mean, it's two years in a row that there is no <sighs> better label for the New England Patriots, who were once annual contenders, who Robert Kraft has said recently, I expect to be a contender every year, are the ultimate pretenders. They're not terrible. They tease you by mm-hmm. bullying on the weak, bullying on the young quarterbacks, the backups, or the soon-to-be-bench. They feast on the mediocre, and but then they real themselves teams are come, just the king of the mediocre. It's over. Right. Yeah. They're, they are not at the level of the Buffaloes or the Miamis, probably, and we'll probably find out in or just a few Cincinnati's. weeks. Or the Cincinnati's. The Cincinnati's. Maybe the L.A.'s. The, the Chargers. Like, these teams that are either ahead of you or tied with you, I you're thought, a pretender. I really thought this would be a chance to show that within the first three years, or as we head towards the final leg of the third year, post-Tom Brady, that the roster turnaround, the rebuild, the drafting, and all of the high-level coaching done by the greatest coach of all time and the people that he has surrounded himself would have built up a team that could keep pace with, if not even pull the rug out from under Buffalo and get them a win tonight. And instead, they were pantsed, and Buffalo just had their way with the New England Patriots once again. Final score, once again, 24-10. Buffalo wins. They move to nine and three, and are technically for now atop the AFC East. The New England Patriots drop to six and six. Five hundred football team, three and three at home, three and three on the road. Firmly in the basement of the AFC East, and I really don't care that six and six would be the top record in the NFC South right now. David, John, Jake, Sam, Rick, Manny, the lines are full. After we talk to you guys on the other side, we'll be happy to take more of your calls right now as we complain, as we rationalize, and we try to figure out just what the hell happened tonight. At Gillette Stadium. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show here on WEEI. Dave Grohl for offensive coordinator. I'm putting it out there right now. You could say any name, and I'd give it a try. Okay. Guy Nick Fitzy. Guy Fieri. Absolutely. Why not? He played in the Brady game once. Sure. He was a little offense. He's creative. We could use those frosted Absolutely. tips and a little donkey sauce out no there. No question. Trash can nachos better than freaking third and 14 and a five-yard pass. And by Patricia the, sucks. His slogan is winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'll take the winner, winner part. I'd do anything for a winner, winner. Andy and I were watching a little internet video uh, during the break where Mac Jones, someone had a camera on Mac Jones as he was returning to the bench after I'm not sure exactly which drive, Andy. We couldn't figure out at what juncture it was during the game. But there were, um, as Spock said in Star Trek IV, the, the Voyage Home, several colorful metaphors being slung the way of his teammates. I think it was something along the lines of, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, just catch the effing ball. There was definitely something. Multiple F-bombs. F-ing and ball. All Just like F-ing, rap- catch the ball, and then another F-bomb thrown like someone's it. way. And I doubt, it was, I doubt it was hurled the way of an official or a cornerback because he sat down on the bench. I like the fire. Absolutely. I like that from your leader. He's still your quarterback. He's well, your I'm quarterback not out on Mac Jones tonight. I am not out on Mac Jones in general. If I were to kick a lot of people out of Gillette Stadium, if you said, okay, you need to remove like 10 people from the organization, Mac would not be one of them. He's way down the list before I'd kick him out. 
He does his job, in my opinion, better than lots of other people that play all the time and coach all the time. Unreal. Un-freaking-believable. Let's go to David in Florida who wants to talk about the New England Patriots and their efforts tonight. Hello, David. Welcome to the postgame show. You know, I think they're 0-2 since you guys have been un- uh, unceremoniously uh, removed from your Saturday show. So that's what you know what? It's not Michael Pilardi holding for Nick Folk. It's the fact mm-hmm. that we're not on Saturdays anymore. Good point, David. I think what's in the microwave yeah, is done, by the way. But that being said, you know, three things. First of all, Jones, I mean, I understand he's going up against Diggs, but, you know, I don't care if you're playing football, basketball or Chinese checkers. One of the first things you learn in sports is you play until the you compete until the whistle the play is blown dead by the referee and that that touchdown where um Allen was going out of bounds and then at the last second he threw the ball in the end zone if you look at the replay of that and Al Michaels pointed this out too he just gave up on the play Jones he just assumed that that Allen was going to go out of bounds and he just and then and then whoever caught the touchdown pass just just, just like took a couple of steps in the opposite direction, and you can see Jones just, just lollygagging in the end zone, assuming the play is going to be over. And that's just egregious. That's just he, he, he needs to, he needs to have a he needs to have a new one ripped. If so, you know what I'm David, to. so you're David, you're telling me that you believe the Bills are coached up to play till the final whistle or play through the play better than the Patriots, and they give more thorough effort. Okay, I got you. This season, yes. I, I mean, this you. season, absolutely. Now, n- number two, uh, I mean, Charlie Weiss, please, just, I mean, Bill, just get on the phone and dial up Charlie and tell him to get the hell back here. Because, yes, Matty P-Brain is just a, uh, is just a moron. Just a moron. He is deaf, dumb, and blind. And, I, I mean, I, you know, the level of vitriol is, is approaching – <laughs> that which it has been for the Red Sox the past few years. And third of all, if we're going to jump on John Henry, now we have to jump on Kraft, too. Because, uh, I mean, Kraft is is just too complacent, not complacent, but too patient, too docile, too lenient. He has to come in, like you're saying, and, 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 yeah. and, and give Bill an ultimatum. Either get, rid of, either get rid of Patricia or I get rid of you or something like that. Well, you know... Uh, I mean, they- well, the David, big thank difference you, thank is you for the call, David. I Bill Belichick's track record in history and success uh-huh. buys him time. Rope. How much? Uh, we're getting closer to the end of the I'm rope not, and the time. I'm not going to be that uh, that the ingrate like Belichick helps you win six. You let him get out there for another six or a sixty. Like in Bill, we trust. If he says it's time to, would Bill know, fire Bill? Pulling the, I, I would wonder that. That's Bill a very would good question. Absolutely fire Bill. What would Bill Belichick I don't care say that to Bill Belichick? Offensive defensive coordinator. Hey Logan Mankins, do you think Bill would fire Bill? You know, because he would, he traded you. Hey Shaq, mm-hmm. like he moves on. Hey Mike Frazier. Uh, hey guy who Bill? was there tonight in the stadium. Hey Richard Seymour, when you wanted a new contract mm. and you still could play at a high level, do you think? Do you yeah. think Bill would fire Bill because Bill's a year too a early, player. not a year too late? Is this a year too early to fire him? And or then there's it, going to be that whole crowd that's going to clap back at us like, you idiots don't know anything. It takes a long time to do this. It's a long time to do that. Like, he's getting close to the end of year three, post-Tom Brady, and he was he was party to and helped make the decision to let Tom Brady leave. And I'm not saying Tom Brady alone would have been able to sack Josh Allen. I'm not saying Tom Brady alone would have been able to cover Steph Diggs tonight. No, they it's would suck with the Tom Brady, too. But they wouldn't opinion. suck as much. 
yeah, I'm not so sure about that. With the line, with the play calling, like if Whatever. everything were the d- same. Now we're getting down. Now we're playing the sliding doors game. Be that as he'd it may. He'd be so frustrated. Oh, he'd be he willing. Be. Like, you it. think Mac is fired up on the sideline? He would be breaking and killing and swinging and swearing and doing absolutely everything you can to show emotion. But it's a serious question. If Bill Belichick were mm-hmm. assessing Bill Belichick, would Bill Belichick still be the coach of the Patriots? It's a great question. If Bill Belichick had the authority to let Bill Belichick know that he was not doing a like good enough job. Like, hold yourself to the same standard that okay. you hold everybody else to. <laughs> is he doing a good job in his role running the organization? Because I don't think he is. Uh, How can you argue that he is? Okay, so uh, Kyrie Thompson has just let us know that he's got some excellent locker room audio he'll be sharing in the program. Hopefully we'll get a chance to connect to Kyrie in our number two of the program as well. I mentioned to you during the break. Uh, Are you Siri reading your texts on air? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Siri, tell me why the Patriots aren't as good as I thought they would be. No, Siri, don't literally light up. Thank you. Um, I read to you a uh, tweet from, uh, during the break as well. Jeff Fisher, 175, 173, and 1. Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, 74 and 84. I know you say, like, oh, a lot of that was in Cleveland, so it doesn't matter. It's not the same. Yeah, it's I like- don't necessarily believe it either. But Tom- Bill Belichick now with the Patriots without Tom Brady. It's not a winning record. No, no, no. But I don't care about all of that. I just look at the here and the now. Like the, the here simple, and the now is very mediocre. Yeah, and mediocre might be kind. You're a pretender. You're a bully. You still take advantage of what he can do against bad teams, but the totality of the post-Brady experience, the rebuild, which is one, two, three mm-hmm. years in. Three years is a long time, yep. correct? Average NFL career, three years? Three, three and a half years, exactly. So you're like a career in for a lot of players. So it's not that Buffalo is that good. It's that... Buffalo is that good, and the Patriots are just that mediocre. Do you see signs? Like, if you see signs, it's okay. Do you see signs? Signs of positivity, of development, of improvement, of where you're going, the light at the end of the tunnel, those types Mm -hmm. of things? Because I don't. I thought I did, and I guess I have I think this uh, roster is lacking in a lot of areas. Uh, Money was misspent in a lot of areas. I could name several of them, and I can also I forgot John Smith was on the team until uh, he caught that ball. Until he caught that ball. Like, literally, he's a man that makes $12.5 million. I forgot he was on the team. Yeah. At least he shows up occasionally. Mm -hmm. John Smith, what's he do? Collects a paycheck. Uh, fumbles when no one touches yeah. him. Gets a, a fumble, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery all in one on himself. Uh, this hour we are broadcasting from our Best Yet brand studio. And, of course, we are brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi. That's Z-U-D-Y dot com for your free trial. One more call before we go to the break. Flip the hour and get ready to carry on here on Six Rings. Jake is in Boston. I'm sure he's got a couple things to say about tonight's game. Hello, Jake. Yeah, Fitzy, how much is uh, Zudi paying you to polish this turd of a performance tonight? Uh, have you heard any turd polishing yet in this first hour, sir? No, to give you credit, I haven't, which is a surprise. Thank you. Uh, was, <laughs> Thank you. This was so bad where not only have they lost you, they lost Portnoy and Barstool, and they built a unicorn billion-dollar business off this dynasty. It was so bad. We're the only comparable I can think for the end of that first half in terms of what a train wreck it was today was watching Kanye and Alex Jones. That's how much of a debacle it was. And thank God I'm going to Qatar tomorrow to watch some real football and some real compete level with our American boys against the Dutch on Saturday because I don't know if I could watch this uh, Patriots-Cardinals game next Monday night. Anyway, Fitzy, I don't know if you saw this. Jen Belichick regrammed your meme 
at about 9 o'clock tonight, the fat man asking Josh Allen if he wants a piece of this. And you know Jenny thinks she's above this, but the fact of the matter is is that fat fan is no different than Steve Belichick with the exception of who daddy is. And I know, you know, I heard Charlie Weiss talking this week, oh, Bill would, Bill would fire his kid in a second. His kid just built a million-dollar house in Foxborough. That kid's not going anywhere as long as Robert's paying for that house instead of daddy. And that's who I want. I want the nepotism gone first. Even more so Jake, i got to let you go. Bill Belichick has just stepped to the podium. I just obviously just couldn't do enough tonight. Um, again, give Buffalo credit. They're a good, good football team. Um, but we just, we just couldn't do enough. Um, so had some opportunities, but just uh, nothing in particular, just in general, not, just not quite good enough in any area. Red area, offensively, they're making plays in the kicking game. So, um, yeah, it's about it's about the end of it. Uh, Bill, Buffalo's last possession, about two minutes left. Uh, you have your timeouts. Uh, what went into the decision to not call timeouts uh, to try to get the ball back and let Buffalo run the clock out there? Talking about on the kneel downs. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the best thing to do for our team. You know, we went the other way in the Baltimore game. You know, lost Mac for three weeks. I mean, I don't really think that was worth it. Three of 12 on um, third down offensively. It's been an area that has been a struggle all season. What do you see there, why that's been such a struggle? Yeah, combination of things. And then the two-minute offense at the end of the second quarter, um, were you okay with the way the timeouts were used and the management um, in that situation? Uh, it came up short on third down, cost us another, you know, we didn't pick it up on third down, so we had to use a timeout there. Um, so, I mean, in the end, we, you know, should have had a field goal at the end of the half, and we ended up not getting it, so. Bill, uh, why do you think the offense is still struggling so much at this point in the season? Yeah, well, I'll just say tonight, you know, we just didn't, like I said, we just didn't do enough. Um, you know, had some opportunities and weren't able to take advantage of them. You guys had a lot of the same players in place last year as you do this year, and the offense was a lot more efficient. Anything specific that changed from last year to this year? Yeah, I don't know. Just, just got through with the game here. Bill, given that he had done it in college, were you always planning on at some point trying to, to use Marcus Jones that way? Or was it something specific this week that you thought that he might be able to give you guys a spark? Uh, yeah, he's, he's played on offense before. Bill, sorry, by the door over here. Are there serious changes you guys have to make on third down? I think you're three for 10 last week, three for 12 today. Yeah, it's a combination of things. So there's a lot of things we could do better. Some of it's third down, some of it's first and second down. Did you feel like you couldn't be real aggressive on first and second down based on some of the stuff you guys had going on your offensive line? Mm -hmm. well, we were definitely working around some things there. Uh, but yeah, we just need to do a better job. 
Would you consider the struggles on offense more of a play calling issue or an execution issue? Yeah. Well, we just need to do a better job overall. Bill, on the Allen pass to Gabe Davis, the touchdown pass, where it looked like he was maybe going to go out of bounds, uh, Wilson was pursuing him on that. Did you think that he was out of bounds when he threw that? It looked like some guys had kind of stopped playing. I don't know what you saw. Yeah, um, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really see it. Bill, there was a sequence at the end of the first half, um, second down and one. You guys ran it, called we the – sorry, I came in late. Yeah. Apologize. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Bill, was there any consideration to bumping Mike on one out to right tackle? Uh, Con McDermott got the start. He's been with you guys for about nine days. Was there any consideration to moving things around to get Mike in that spot and then moving someone else into that guard spot? Yeah, it's always you know moving moving one or moving two. Moving two is always harder than moving one. Um, and when we looked at our options, felt like that was you know felt like we did the best thing we could do. If we thought moving Mike was out there, we would have done that. Bill, did you feel conditioning was an issue at all defensively? They just were out there for I think almost forty minutes. Thought actually we played pretty competitively. Bill, the decision to punt with 12 and a half minutes left around midfield on fourth down, what made punting the best for the team in that situation? Yeah, it's, you know, stay in the game. Just, did it feel like the Bills maybe had a beat on what you guys were trying to do on early downs? Just felt like a lot of short passing screens into the flat. Did they get a jump on that? Yeah, yes, I don't know. Do you think it's hard to keep players from getting frustrated against an offense like Buffalo um, when you're not incredibly ing- aggressive through the air? Uh, what players are you talking about? You're, sorry, your offensive players. I don't know. You have to ask them. That. Okay. okay. Well, that was certainly Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Uh... I heard. I heard. I heard. Uh, uh, resignation with a uh, hint. With a hint of oh, and Mac Jones right after Bill Belichick. Oh. Uh, Mac, uh, there's a video going around right now uh, from the broadcast where it's showing you on the sidelines and showing you oh, appear to be frustrated, where it, it appears that you're saying something along the lines of throw the effing ball, uh, the effing something game sucks. Uh, can you share with us what exactly is being said in that moment or what was frustrating you in that time as opposed to letting internet lip readers take care of it? Yeah, um, obviously just kind of let my emotions get to me, but... Um, you know, we we're kind of playing from behind, and what I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working. But I felt like we needed chunk plays, and 
um, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. And that's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game. And um, obviously, you don't want to get your emotions, let, you know, get the best of you. But, um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Like, it wasn't directed at anybody, just emotion coming out. And we kind of needed a spark. So, um, when you're playing from behind against a really good team and a good offense, you need to go out there and make better plays. And, and that starts with me. So, um, definitely wasn't good enough by me tonight. And um, all you can do is watch the tape and see where we can get better. But playing catch-up's hard. Um, we didn't want to do that all game. And um, I didn't do a good enough job getting ahead early and um, making it work. So a uh, tough one, but hats off to the Bills for playing a good game. Mac, obviously it's a somber atmosphere in the locker room. You mentioned a little bit, but what's the frustration level like for this locker room now, especially on the offense? Yeah, I think um, we didn't play our best game, obviously, and we let our team down. And um, I think when we all play together, you know, the defense, special teams, and offense, when we finally get a chance to do that, I think the results will be there. So we didn't do that on offense. I thought the defense did great. Special teams did great. So um, got, you know, more games to be played. Season's not over, and i uh, got to watch the tape and see what we can do better and, and just have a positive attitude. Um, you know, that's a good football team that we played against tonight, and we'll have to play against them again. So um, you got to give credit where credit's due, and, um, yeah, just got to work harder. Mac, there was a third and six play right before the half from your 29-yard line. Looked like you were pressured. You ended up throwing the ball out of bounds. Did you – Looked down the field, thinking maybe I can pick up the ball with my feet, or did you? Or was the pressure just there that you know no choice, just throw it out of bounds? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think um, I think there was 22 seconds. We didn't have any timeouts, and if you take a sack, not only do you lose yards, but you don't have a timeout. So, you know, we would have to run the field goal team on with a sack, maybe out of range. It's a tough thing to do with 22 seconds left. So I threw it away and played for the field goal. Um, I'll have to watch the tape and see if. I could have done something differently, but that's something we focus on a lot here is situational awareness, and that was the right play for that time. Mac, you have, you have some teammates in the locker room just now sort of talking about feel like you're, for lack of a better term, telegraphing stuff offensively on third down. Do you feel like that third down package needs to be better going forward to help you guys sustain some sort of offense here because it's, it's obviously been a roller coaster? What do you mean, like, tell us, what does that mean? Uh, like, that the, the scheme is okay. easily answerable for, for, the, for the defense. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. You'd have to ask the defense. I think, you know, we, we practice these plays. They work in practice. Um, we, have, we know what we're supposed to do. It's just a matter of we can go out there and do it. And, you know, this, this is a good football team, a good defense, good third-down defense. So um, I'll have to watch the tape and kind of see. But I feel like, you know, by the end of the week, our plan is our plan, and, uh, we feel confident in it, and that's all you can do, right? And then once you go out there, you kind of just have to read and react. And what do they give you? They give you. It might be different than what you saw in practice, but we need to execute better. I need to execute better. And um, I felt like we couldn't get that rhythm tonight. Um, couldn't, you know, get the third downs. Couldn't kind of move the ball consistently enough. And that starts with me. So um, definitely let a lot of people down with that. And want to be able to score points, but you also just want to be able to move the ball, move the ball, and. It's tough to sit here and watch the defense play a great game and not being able to give them anything back. So um, I think once we all hit together, um, it'll be a great result. But tonight, we didn't do anything good enough. I didn't do anything good enough to put enough points up to beat a good team. 
Mac. Uh, we were asking you guys about some offensive struggles way back in the summer. Now those are still popping up. What do you think is holding back the offense, maybe despite just execution? Yeah, I think it's it's accountability. Um, it starts with me, and I think I I want to be coached harder. I want to be um, a better player, and the coaches have given us everything they've got, and they've done everything to put us in position to win. Um, but I want to hold everybody accountable, including myself. So um, I think that's you know it's tough, right? You get called out a little bit, or you have to admit that you didn't do your job. I mean, that's part of the game, and a lot of that blame falls on me. I didn't do my best tonight. I think a lot of other guys play with a lot of good effort. We play with effort. I played with effort. I'm going to give it everything I got every week, no matter what. So um, I'll go until the wheels fall off, but got to be better just executing plays. Um, they're putting us in a good position. We just got to go out there and do it together, and, and that starts in practice. It's, hey, I didn't do this right. You know, Call me out for it. Tell me that I'm wrong. And if you're a good leader, you can accept that. Um, and you can you can look at the other guy and say the same thing to him that he says to you. So the best players in, in the world at any sport, they have that accountability with their teammates. And um, that's something that we need to have that's better. It's Obviously, the coaches are a big part of it, but it really starts with the players. And clearly, I haven't done a good enough job of, of doing my part in that. I wanted to ask you about two things in the game. Um, the first third and one yeah. handoff there, sort of what led to that breakdown, and then the two-minute there with the the run play, timeout, the sneak, and the timeout, just like managing that. Yeah, I think um, the the first one's my fault. Um, I can't let that happen. Something we talked about on the sideline, and I didn't do the right thing, so that's on me. Um, it's a big play in the game. Once again, that kind of goes back into the getting into the flow and Mondre gets that, you know, I give it to him the right way, and he'll make a play, and then we can kind of move on and, and create a drive, you know. So that was on me, but, um, yeah, I think the two-minute stuff, it's all situational awareness and time management, and there's communication that comes from the side to me, to the players, and we just need to improve that. And um, for what it's worth, we were trying to get the first down, um, got the first down, and then obviously you got to take the timeout or spike the ball. Um, so I have to go back and watch it and talk to coach about it, but um, he does a great job handling all those situations. So um, just got to learn from it and try and score points and whatever we can do better, we will. So a good learning experience, but tough to it's going to be tough to watch for sure. Uh, Mac, how, how do you feel the variety in your passing game in terms of the different route concepts that you guys are running is? Do you feel like you have – a good variety of plays that you guys are calling up? Um, yeah, I think I always talk about that. It's the short, the medium, the long, the RPOs, screens, you know, everything. Move the pocket stuff where you're getting out of the pocket. So we have all that stuff. I think um, the coaches have a really good plan for what they think is going to work for that week. And um, that today was kind of like the quick game, get the ball outside, make everyone tackle and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of was our plan. And, um, I'm sure I'll watch the film and see what I can do better in that part. And we also, you know, had, I'm sure I'll watch it and see guys that I could have got the ball to and, you know, the medium and the long passes too, but I'll have to just watch it. I'm, I'm not sure based on my, you know, recollection or anything like that. Follow up on the very first question you were asked here, because I haven't seen the video that was referenced. When you're talking about wanting chunk plays, mm -hmm. is that a decision that you can make? play to play or is that a play call decision that you were venting about? Yeah, I think it was just me um, 
at that point in the game was just like, all right, we're playing catch up here. Let's just go for it. Let's be aggressive. Let's let's take those shots. Let's just go down fighting, you know. And Matty P was on the same page, and we kind of did that at the end there and moved it a little bit more. So um, at the end of the day, uh, we got to execute the plays and, and do a better job. But sometimes you're just so competitive, right? You want to go out there and, hey, let's get a 50-yard gain. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen, but we might as well go down trying and, and try and make it work. So, yeah. You guys didn't adjust maybe sooner? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think that's definitely a coaching question. I think we had a, the right game plan, and I got to execute some of those quick game plays better even. And they're good plays for us, just like every other play. And um, I think for, for us, we want to be aggressive and play on our terms. And you know, sadly, we didn't do that tonight. So, And a lot of that has to do with the good defense. I mean, no excuses, but that's a good team out there. And you got to do what you do well, but you can't be ignorant to the fact that they have a good front, they have good backers, corner safety. So it's a good defense. And um, they played a great game today. And we just got to be better. So it is what it is. Thank you, Matt. All right, Matthew, thanks. Thanks for waiting, Matthew. New England Patriots quarterback Mac Jones immediately following Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, which sort of puts us in arrears on our scheduling right now. Uh, we're going to have to take a break, then we'll try to get recalibrated for the second hour here of the Six Rings postgame show. Andy, both of us with a lot of thoughts on what oh, Belichick yeah. said, and especially on what Mac Jones said, is this now becomes a, was this they were bet, was a, this a, they were better than us or are we having an issue with ourselves type of question? I would like to qualify also the viral video going around from Barstool Sports that has been retweeted now about a million times. Uh, Mac says, throw the effing ball. The quick game sucks. Internet uh, sleuths and lip readers have figured that out. It's and he not talked the about running that. game sucks. And he qual- the and then he was able to qualify versus that. Versus the long game. He wanted those chunk, chunk plays. plays as well. Yes. he's he. I thought it was interesting Ooh, that he directly baby. addressed that. Good for him. I, I, Again, I like leadership. the way he's We're handling li- some I, I like everything Mac Jones did tonight Absolutely. except for when the he uh, threw the ball and played quarterback. But aside from that, terrific play, Mrs. Lincoln. Okay, as they like to say, a lot to unpack in hour two. Phones are jammed. When we take those calls, you can line back up wherever you are, still at the stadium, on the way home, hanging out, watching replays, or just playing chilling with your boys. Fitzy and Hart, the Six Rings postgame show, marches on here on WEEI. Time now for the Six Rings postgame show, breaking down everything Patriots with Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Hart. The Six Rings postgame show is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro, where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. By Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. By Catches Law Group, the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com. And by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Mac, uh, there's a video going around right now uh, from the broadcast where it's showing you on the sidelines and showing you oh, appear to be frustrated, where it, it appears that you're saying something along the lines of throw the effing ball, uh, the effing something game sucks. Uh, can you share with us what exactly is being said in that moment or what was frustrating you in that time as opposed to letting internet lip readers take care of it? Yeah, obviously just kind of let my emotions get to me, but you know we're kind of playing from behind and what I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working. But I felt like we needed chunk plays, and, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. And that's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game, and 
Um, obviously, you don't want to get your emotions let you know get the best of you, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones there in reply to an internet video that Barstool Sports blew up. Someone else captured a little slow-mo footage from the Amazon Prime video broadcast tonight of Mac Jones yelling in the direction of coaches or players or both, throw the effing ball, the quick game sucks. I am sure there will be a meeting of the head coach and quarterback minds, if not involving also the de facto offensive play caller, who's also your offensive line coach, sometime soon to sort this out because these are the kind of dysfunctional messes the New England Patriots used to cause in other teams that they are now dealing with. They will have to quell the unrest in their own house now. Buffalo, yes, better team. New England Patriots now starting to show cracks and frays around the edges, Andy, because this doesn't normally happen on teams that are happy, that are progressive, that are making good plays that are content and that are winning football games. And I would like to go one step further, sir, before we get your reaction and then take some more calls. Our pal, Andrew Callahan, terrific guest to hear on the show, does a nice job on his own pod, the Pats interference pod from the Boston Herald. In speaking with Andrew Callahan, uh, excuse me, rather, uh, he's speaking with Kendrick, Andrew Callahan. It's late. I'm sorry. I can barely even read this damn thing at this point, man. I'm old. Um, and speaking with Kendrick Bourne in the locker room, uh, we had some audio from uh, Kyrie Thompson, but uh, something happened along the way, so I just would have to read this to you now. Uh, do the Patriots need to play better on third down? Yeah, man, we need to scheme up better. Quote, we need to know what they're doing. We need to know what they want to do on third down. They call this, and we call that, and it falls right into what they want. Now, this sort of goes into what Phil Perry was talking about. I believe he asked it of Mac Jones. Does it bother you or is it weird that the other team seems to know what you guys are doing all the time or they can jump your plays? Uh, Callahan goes on. Bourne said, quote, like I said, that's not my job. My job is to just run the call. But as we can all see, they had, what, 30 first downs and we had eight. I'm telling you, this has a chance to blow up. You've got one of the uh, someone we thought was potentially the Patriots' best wide receiver, best offensive playmaker. That's obviously Ramondre Stevenson now. Very unhappy with the offense, his role in the offense, and the play calling and execution. Mac Jones was caught swearing and screaming on national TV. We both lauded that fire, uh, that ferocious approach, and the leadership. This could get ugly, Andy. Uh, er. Ugly, excuse me. Er. This could, yeah, because it, because it's, it's, ugly al- it's already ugly it's, on the field. It's clearly ugly, ugly, sort of in the locker room, in the Yikes. in the way it's being received by the players. Yikes. And the the disappointing thing for me, if if I'm a fan, if I'm you know sort of supporting this team, is it's December. Nothing's changed. We're in the same spot we were in in August, where Mac Jones is like, if we if we put it together, the results will be better. It's December. You're not putting it together. You're not putting better plays on third down. You still stink on third down. You still stink in the red zone. And you know, by the way, Bourne's numbers were not accurate, just to clarify. I mean, yeah, okay, what was the total? The Bills had 22 first downs. The Patriots had 14. Um, Much better. 
The Bills felt like thirty days. The issue for me is the Bills go nine of fifteen on third down, sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Patriots go three of twelve, twenty five percent. Second straight week where you're terrible on third down. Third it's down, a continuing problem, and that's how you don't stay on the field. And, and the red zone continues drives. to be a problem, yeah. which you can barely even get into. And when you're down there, your quarterback is being chased like he has, uh, you know, food, and a bunch of hungry dogs have been in his hands. And a I bunch will of say, dogs have been released. In comparison to the Jets debacle that we witnessed from afar where it led to Zach Wilson being benched and Garrett Wilson seemingly threatening, I'm going to kill him if you don't bench him kind mm-hmm. of thing, like inner tor- I feel like all the players are on the same page. <laughs> towards it's, the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Towards the play call? Yeah. Yes. It's us versus him. It's us versus them. It's us versus the position they're putting us in on the field. How much better would Matt Patricia's play? Just asking. That's part of the job, I guess, and or of, play, of, of playing sports radio at this late hour and or hosting. But how much better would everything look if they had a boss or at least top 10 level offensive line? Oh, my God. Like significantly better. Sign- but- right. So, again, it starts there. But, but everything it starts there. Who runs the offensive line? Same guy who calls the play. Right. It starts there. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been a Matt Patricia defender to some degree because he was put in a terrible position. You know, I wrote that column. I think he should have said no. Mm-hmm. I think he should have. A man needs to know his limits. Like, say no. You're not qualified for this job. Like, a lot of the mocking is accurate. He's in his – it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Mm-hmm. He knows Matt Bill Belichick. Matt Patricia sucks. In this job, he sucks. I am a Matt Patricia supporter to some degree. I know a lot of people think he never – did anything successful in any form of football anywhere? The guy knows football for Exactly. But he's not an offensive coach. He's not a play caller. He's not an offensive coordinator. He's in a terrible role. He's been put in position to fail, and, not surprisingly, he has failed. But who do we blame? Bill Belichick. You know why? Because Bill Belichick told us to, and we follow orders. Bill said, if this doesn't work, blame me. It could not work much worse. They're a terrible offense. They're Dysfunctional is the word. It's the perfect description. It's, really, they are it's a really dysfunctional. ugly offense. It's, I think it I got is. probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. Okay. Cool. You could lose that arrogance a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they, certainly now he has no reason for arrogance. But it's all on Bill. It blew up in your face as we kind of expected it to. We all talked about it all offseason. Here is where we expected to be. Although it looks uglier, I think, than even maybe I thought it would be. I had a nice little conversation. Uh, he says hello, by the way, with Alan Siegel. Uh, veteran NFL reporter who was the gentleman who asked the question of Bill Belichick at last Sunday's press conference that should have tipped uh, a hand toward all of us to let us know exactly what was going to happen this week or how Bill was feeling because it was the salty response in terms of, Bill, you're top 10 in penalty yards this year. And like, well, you know, we we didn't have any on offense last week and, you know, we're not that bad in defense. And it was such a – it was a defensive response with some Belichick salt – unnecessarily so you would normally think he would reply like yeah i gotta coach up better like this is this is not the these aren't the fundamentals of my team this is not what we coach uh i shouldn't be known for this i never have been and i'm gonna clean it up and fix it but instead what happens he gets angry at alan siegel and i talked to alan he said look i wasn't gonna back down from it i didn't think it was an inappropriate question and when he got salty with me i made sure to stand my ground and follow up like when you have the facts on your side that's what you should do uh real quick manny in albany new york wants to weigh in on the patriots defense manny how are you Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. Uh, our pleasure. Yeah. About the defense, I think we're done talking about how good this defense is for this year. I mean, this is like the bogeyman defense 2.0 mm-hmm. when Brady in the final year, but that's neither here nor now. And this offense, I'm tired of blaming Mac Jones for it. This is one of the most putrid coaching staff I've seen 
in years. And it goes right to Belichick said he was responsible at the beginning of the season. Well, he should be responsible because this is one of the worst coaching offensive from an offensive coaching standpoint. This is putrid. What they did tonight, they should be thoroughly embarrassed. And Kraft, he said at the end of the year, at the beginning of this year, his expectations was to win a playoff game. They're not going to win a playoff game. They're not even close to winning a playoff game. This team needs to take a serious look at where they're going because what Belichick has done with the front office of the team, it's an embarrassment. Thanks for taking the call, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks for hanging in there, Manny. Appreciate you very much. Uh, we'll break Manny's call down, take some more, uh, react to Kendrick Bourne's audio, and continue to try to uh, – sort through the mess in house Belichick right now because yeah, Buffalo's the better team, but things got real messy tonight on the field for the Patriots and apparently on the sidelines and in the locker room as well. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number here on the Six Rings post game show on WEEI. How it goes, you know, whatever coaches call, that's what that's what we gotta run. So we have we have plays. We have more plays, but um, I think just trying to take care of the ball, play smart, and uh, just play the play that's called. That's all I can really say. So I'm not sure. When you say you have more plays, it, it does feel like sometimes the passing yeah. calls are repeat calls. Um, like, do you feel like that out there as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to get the ball downfield. So I think Mac needs more time. Um, he's obviously running around, so it's hard to get the ball downfield when. You can't really have time for him to throw. No knock to the line. It's just what we need to work on. The receivers can't do nothing if the ball can't get downfield. If we can't throw it past five yards, it's just going to be a long game. And uh, shout out to the Bills. They did a great job, you know, controlling the clock, keeping us off the field, keeping us kind of cold and, like, stagnant. It was a great game plan they had. And um, we just got to be able to get the ball downfield, like you're saying. We have plays, but... We can't get to them. We're calling them, but they're just not working. So it looks we're throwing fire routes, and that's what we catch. And so it looks one way, but um, hopefully we can get more, Mac more time so that he can make the plays. Patriots wide receiver, Patriots, excuse me, underutilized wide receiver Kendrick Bourne post game venting and expressing some frustrations that don't seem unique just to Bourne, but rather seem to be uh, shared offense-wide, team-wide, if you will, with the Patriots who lose tonight by 14 points. But in all honesty, the game didn't feel that close. Uh, Andy, now I feel like the Patriots are like you're looking at that wall, at that dam, or in some sort of cartoonish capacity. It's something where, you know, like the switchboard, like uh, this one's ringing over here, and I got to grab this one over here, and I got to get this one over here, like uh, the – you know, the wall sprung a leak over here and the dike has a leak over here. And then you're like, you, you know, the cartoons like you use a foot and you use a hand and you like, uh, we got to get the ball down the field more. But the offensive line and also the play calling is not bad. And they're also sussing out all of our play calls in advance. And uh, we're not giving the right kind of effort. And they're out thinking what we're doing. Like, how do you fix this? Um, get a new offensive coordinator. All right. Like, I think that's the first. There is no confidence. A vote of no confidence has been cast by the quarterback, right. by the receivers. Chancellor Valora, my vote, no confidence. It is what it is. It's 12.37 when I did my first Phantom Menace reference. <laughs> and nobody got it. I mean, what? Uh, but, I mean, you it's have me. finger pointing. Like, there's more yeah. finger pointing than in a lot of different directions, from a lot of different directions. It is a mess. I go back to the word. It's dysfunctional. It is a toxic work environment right now. 
There is no confidence. There's no trust. There's no faith. And I don't think that's salvageable. Like, I, I'm going to say it one more time. It's okay. December. It's not. Oh, yeah, it is. Happy December, by the way. Like, yeah. Happy December. Is it? Mm. Happy holidays. Soon everything, you know, you can watch your Rudolph specials. You can have your eggnogs. Just don't count on enjoying Patriots football for the next, I don't know, few weeks or until next year. They're still 6-6. and They are not eliminated from playoff No, I just looked it up. I believe it is updated, as far as I can tell, Mm -hmm. that they have a 25% chance to make the playoffs, according to 538. Okay, so according to Nate Silver's little machine-garithm there, his little robot, his algorithm. Which is the worst of... Like the There's Chargers, 43%, yep. and they're 6 and 6, mm-hmm. I believe, right? They're 6 and 5. 6 and 5. Yep. Um, uh, they're playing the Raiders Sunday. The Jets have a 55% chance to make the playoffs. Jets have a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. I'm just giving you the numbers. I'm, okay, Don't fight I'm just, the numbers. I'm just commenting. Bengals, 75% chance. Yeah, the Bengals have an incredibly difficult schedule. So if they make it, they're well, going to be true tested one. lumber. Yeah. They play you. <laughs> hey. Santa has a gift for them. You get to play the Patriots on Christmas Eve. You know what? If the Patriots lose by 10 points, I'll drink a Skyline Chili Martini. I'll just chug four straight well, you're ounces gonna of you're going to have to, so get it. <laughs> I have a can of it. I mean. You ever had it, by the way? I don't believe I have. I like it. I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll bring it in. and we'll, Maybe what I'll do is I'll make a dip, and then we'll enjoy it on the postgame show. Okay. It's delicious. I, th- I like it personally. It's got like cinnamon and cocoa and it. it's like finely ground. I've always heard good things. I've Unique been there. Flavor. Everybody's like, you got to go try it. And I don't know why I haven't mm-hmm. in my trips. to. I Cincinnati. just thought it would be fun to talk about something other than how terrible the Patriots played tonight uh, for 30 seconds. Yeah. Can I um, vent? Do I have, are we going to a break? Do I have time to vent a uh, little? Uh, you do, but we should also get back you to, go the to the calls. You go to the callers. I lines... have a vent at the co- Whenever you need me to vent, I need to vent. I, I want to know. Hey, uh, Nick, producer Nick LePane has done a fabulous job producing, uh, dealing with some oh, tech issues we've had, as well as uh, screening the phone calls. Is that line three? Is that Keith from a few weeks ago? That is your best friend. Uh, All right. We, we, have to t- we have to take Keith Keith leaving the game. Uh, Keith, I know a couple weeks ago you I'm said everyone boy. stinks. He's back. Keith, <laughs> you're back. You're, I'm back. I'm you're our back. spirit I'm animal. Back. Andy, Andy, I'll tell you what. This team smells. It's it's bad. It's not good. Marcus Jones is what our best offensive weapon. Are you? I'm I'm, I'm holding back. Careful. Are you kidding me? I'm holding back. This team is so smelly that I can't take it anymore. I, I I'm going to keep going to games. Who are we kidding? But <laughs> come on, let's go. Like, the offensive line, everyone, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You guys tell me. Poop. <laughs> I think that's a hey, tremendous way to end Keith a call. Keith is all, you guys tell me, I don't know what to do. Poop. <laughs> now I can't decide if tomorrow on the website if I should make throw the effing ball, the quick game sucks t-shirts or you guys tell me what to do. I don't know. Poop. I like poop. I do too. <laughs> oh, poor Keith. Poor he called in because he knew that we appreciated his honesty a few weeks ago. His honest assessment of a team that was able to pull out a miraculous win with a Marcus Jones punt return with 20 seconds left in the game. Keith is the voice of many people who, yes, are members of Entitled Town who were treated to so many playoffs, so many championship games, so many Super Bowls. But now we're still paying, or at least they are, the same good money, and they buy the $13 beers, 
and they make plans and they drive all the way down in $80 parking and they give up a whole day and they sit in Route 1 traffic and they listen to WEEI and they consume the Six Rings pod and they tolerate us and it becomes the whole local dialogue and way of life. And right now what they're seeing for their the ROI on what they're seeing ain't worth it. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You guys tell me. Poop. The guy is drunk. <laughs> that is the best. Tremendous. Uh, I don't have the answer. Priority caller from now on. Whenever he calls, you let me know. Do you think this is salvageable in any way this year over the next five games? Uh, let me tell you straight up. I'm not going to tease it to the, we'll tell you on the other side. No, I'll tell you straight up. No, I don't. And here's why. The offensive line, it, it begins and ends. That's been Fourier's biggest yeah, no, point. I, mean, I think a lot of other people doesn't believe end the same. there. May begin there. But it starts there. there. No, but like you're not going any further. Kendrick with this Bourne team. agrees with you when he said, "No, no disrespect, but we can't do anything unless they protect." I mean, you could play like the Benny Hill theme, yakety sacks, to watching Mac Jones run around trying to save his own life as Epinesa and Rousseau and other people are just chasing him, trying to run him down, uh, clip him at the legs. Trent Brown, he's sick. Okay, he'll play better, I guess. Although he's had some brain farts and, and some downs, bizarre plays. Yeah, he's had. He's certainly had his. You tell me. Oops. I don't know. Poops. But like Isaiah, Wynn, what what what's the what are you going to get back from him the rest of the season? Anything? It's already been a terrible season for him. Absolutely. But he's playing for a contract, so you hope that you're going to get something. Because we do need to remember you, trade you did Shaq have Mason. You let Ted Karras go. The line was great last year when it was healthy, and now it's just in. And now you're, as one of the reporters brought up, you sign a guy and, you know, less than 10 days later, he's starting at right tackle and it's a bit of a debacle. Yeah. Good enough to be the uh, warm body on the Jets practice squad, forced into action against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL on Thursday Night Football. Hell of a primetime showing. I want to get back to what you said earlier about Robert Kraft as well. Stacked in a box tonight with Amazon executives, Jay-Z, Richard Seymour, National broadcast, millions of dollars on display, billions, if you will, and that's the end product. Ugh. Yeah. Fingers will be pointed. I wouldn't be surprised if heads roll soon. 617-779-7937 is the number. The Pats fan vent line is open till 2 a.m. Fitzy Hart, you, me, everybody here on the Six Rings Post Game Show on EEI.